So I want to entitle the message today, Celebrate. Say celebrate. celebrate. There are reasons we can celebrate today. Right? And there's reasons beyond just this gathering. Like, like we're not just a Sunday-driven church. Amen? And as you've seen in that video, there's a lot going on beyond Sundays. But the reality is celebration is worship. Say worship. We all think of worship just like, you know, singing song or singing lyrics off of a screen or singing songs in our car. That's a part of worship, but worship goes way beyond just singing songs. Celebration can be worship. And when I read the definition of celebration in the dictionary, it included words and phrases like this, to hold up, to honor, to perform publicly, sacramental, holy day, to demonstrate satisfaction. Right? How many of y'all have demonstrated satisfaction in your life lately? Maybe you've been going through a tough season. Maybe you've been going through trials and tribulations. Maybe you've been in a dry season. Maybe you've been on the mountaintop and you're celebrating, but now you find yourself in a valley. And so celebration can be worship. And what we want to do here today is get a correct understanding of worship and celebration. And we as a church, as a body, have a lot to celebrate. Amen? And I wanted to read the, the, the writer of Ecclesiastes 3.4 says there's a time to grieve and there's a time to celebrate. And I want this season, I'm telling you, this season as a whole, I want this to be a season of celebration, all right, for your life, for what God is doing in you, what God is doing through you. We got to celebrate these things. Life is too short. We got to celebrate what God is doing in you and through you. Say amen. amen. Today is the day to celebrate. We have a lot of stuff that, we, that we've done in the past, but this marks three years. I don't know about you, but to me, it feels a little longer than three years. I don't know if it's that 2020 thing or what it is, but, but it seems like we've been on this thing for a minute. But Crossover Church just turned three years old, and all the stuff that you've seen in the video just literally has happened over the last three years, and thousands of people have been reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thousands of people have encountered the living Jesus beyond Sundays, like every single day of the week. Sometimes we have something going on. A lot of people have come through these doors, not just this building, but two other buildings outside of this building. And one day, we'll be able to celebrate our own building and our own home in Jesus' name. Our worship service expand, expanded to this location three weeks ago. And we have other worship services that happen at Georgia State University, that happen on the streets, that happen in the jail, that happen all over the city. We have these micro churches where people are preaching the gospel. People are coming around the person of Jesus. People are experiencing him. And the reason why we moved to this building right here, so we can have space for more kids ministry. Amen. Make some noise for the kids. So it's, a, it's very proper to celebrate the ways that the Lord has blessed us as a body and blessed us as a church. And so I wanted to write this whole message around Psalm 107. The Lord took me to Psalm 107, and it really rocked me this week. It really did. I want to encourage you after the service, when you get home, get out your word and go to Psalm 107. And it's a description that provides why and who we celebrate today. See, we're going to discover together why and who we worship. Amen? So I want to read Psalm 107. I'm going to read the whole thing throughout, the, throughout this time. It's a lot of scripture today. Right? It's a lot of the word today because the word is what holds the transformative power 
It's the word of God that changes hearts and minds. It's the word of God that, it, it, that, that saves. It's the word of God that delivers. It's the word of God that heals. It's the word of God that reconciles. It's the word. Psalm 107. I'm going to read one through three. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Is he bad? Nah, he's good. For his mercy endures how long? Forever. His mercy is him holding back what you deserve. Like we deserve eternal separation. We deserve death. We deserve destruction. And some of us find ourselves in a season of that. But he says that he is so merciful and his mercy doesn't end. His mercy endures what? Forever. Forever, ever, ever, ever. It was a prophet who said that once. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Say what? What are the redeemed supposed to be saying? That his mercy endures forever. That no matter how much you fall, no matter how much you stumble, no matter how much you're going through, God is very merciful. And he put what I deserve, he put what you deserve on his son. Good night. God would do that for me. What I deserve, he put on his son. We just dedicated babies this morning. Can you imagine putting something on your children that somebody else deserves? Like I can even imagine doing that. But God did it for me and he did it for you. Who he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. God redeemed me. God has redeemed you from whose hand? The enemy's hand. What does the enemy want to do? Steal, kill, and what? Destroy. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy your life. But God, in his rich mercy, put what I deserve on his son so that I could be free in his name. He has redeemed us from the hand of the enemy and gathered out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. So who has reason to celebrate today? It's the redeemed the redeemed of the Lord. Let them say so, right? There's a song, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I wish I could sing, but I can. So who has reason to celebrate this morning? It's us. Have you been, been redeemed? Say yeah. We've all been redeemed through the blood of Jesus. And who are these redeemed people? And that's what I want to talk about this morning. Who are these redeemed people? The first point is this. Those, have dealt, those that have been in the desert of life. What do I mean by that? You find yourself in this dry, barren season. Maybe you have everything provided for you, but you have, you find yourself far away from God. You find yourself lost. You find yourself in this place that is dry. And I want to continue to read verse four through nine. It says that they wandered in the wilderness in a solitary desert region and did not find a way to an inhabited city. See, we all are looking for family. That's the reality. We're all looking for our tribe. We're all looking for people that, we, that, that, that think like us, that, you know what I mean, that, that rock like us, that we want to be a part of something that's just bigger than ourselves. When you find yourself lost in the desert, you're trying to find an inhabited city. They're hungry and they're thirsty. This is the scripture, verse 5. Hungry and thirsty, they fainted. Have you ever been in that situation before? You ever been in that season before, maybe in life? Maybe you haven't been there physically, but maybe you've been there spiritually. You find yourself hungry. You find yourself thirsty. You find yourself fainting, meaning like just giving up on God. 
Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. Verse 6. I love that. Then, when I was dry, when I was in the desert place, when I fainted, when I was hungry, when I was searching, then I cried out to the Lord in the midst of my trouble. And it says this, and he rescued them from all of their distresses. Not some of them. He rescued them from how much? All of them. All of their distresses. He led them by the straight way to an inhabited city. You notice what he did? They were looking for the inhabited city. They were looking for their tribe. They were looking for people because they were hungry. They were thirsty. They were looking for the rescuer, but they couldn't find it. But God, when they cried out to him in their distress, God led them the straight way to an inhabited city. Now, he says a straight way. What does that mean? That means when they were walking around, they were walking around, not, not in a straight way. They're walking this way. They're walking this way. They're walking this way. And I, I've done that before, literally. I've done that in the physical sense. And I wind up lost. And that's what happens spiritually. We start wandering, searching for something. Searching for something significant, searching for something greater, but you will not find nothing greater than the person of Jesus. But if you stop and you surrender and you cry out to him in the midst of your distress, he will lead you by the straight way to an inhabited city, a.k.a. a family, a.k.a. a church, where they could establish their homes. What? Not just a house, but a home. See, there's a difference between a house and a home. See, God builds his home in you where the spirit of God dwells. You are his home. And we only find ourselves at home with him and in him and with each other in Jesus' name. Verse 8, let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness and his wonderful acts to the children of God. For he satisfies the parched throats. And fills the hungry appetite with what is good. Now, I don't know if you've ever been hungry before and had a bad meal. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You ever been hungry before? And you order something, and you're like, man, I can't wait to eat this, and it's just not good? Like, that's horrible. Like, I, I, I hate, you gotta ask my wife, I hate going to a restaurant, ordering something, and I'm just super hype about it, and then you get it, and it's just jacked up. You're like, man, take this back. And then you, by the time the food goes, you're not even hungry no more. Like every word that is, in the, that, that is in the scripture is there on purpose. For he satisfies the parched throat and he fills the hungry appetite with what is what? Not bad, not mediocre, not just okay, but what is good. Let me, let me use the Scott Free version. And he fills the hungry appetite with what is banging. Yeah. It's fire. With what is fire? With what is fuego? Those that have been in a dry season, a desert place. God wants to and will, and for some of us, he has redeemed us. Therefore, we need to celebrate what he's done and what he's doing. All of us have been rescued from that dry place. Or maybe you find yourself in this moment, in this season, in that dry place. Who is the redeemed that we should celebrate? Second, the second point is this. Those that have been bound by darkness. Those that have been bound by darkness. I could, I could look back in my life. Let me just be honest and real. I, I was in plenty of seasons in my life where I was bound by darkness. I was blinded by darkness. I had hand, spiritual handcuffs on from 
spirits of darkness and wickedness. He goes on to say this in verse 10. Some sat in darkness and the deepest gloom, prisoners suffering in iron chains, for they had rebelled against the words of God. What? When you rebel against the word of God, it ain't going to take a lot of time before you start to become bound by darkness. They have rebelled against the word of God and despised the counsel of the Most High. Now, we know who the counselor is. It's Holy Spirit. And sometimes we find ourselves in situations where the Holy Spirit is convicting us, and then we do it anyways. Because we want what we want sometimes. We find ourselves where we know what is right and know what is wrong, but we find ourselves sometimes continuing to do what is wrong. We got to turn from those things. We got to repent from those things. We got to ask for forgiveness. We got to cry out to the Lord. We despise the counsel of the Most High. So he subjected them to bitter labor. They stumbled and there was no one to help. Let me, let me tell you something. When you find yourself in these seasons, when you find yourself in this dark, gloomy place, you feel like there's nobody there out there to help you. And that's just what the enemy wants. He wants you to believe that you're all alone. He wants you to believe that nobody cares. He wants you to believe there's no forgiveness. He wants you to believe there's no redemption. But that's a lie from the pit of hell. There is redemption in the name of Jesus. That's why I'm preaching this message. And there was no one to help. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble. You see this? You see what they, they did? We just read that in the last verse. What did they do? They cried out to Jesus in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and out of the deepest gloom and broke away their chains. Wow. God is a chain breaker. God opens the doors of those that are in spiritual, mental, emotional prisons, and even physical prisons. God is a redeemer. God sets the captives free. Who has reason to celebrate the redeemed? Those that have been bound by darkness. Then it goes on to say, let them give thanks to the Lord. Let them celebrate the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for men and women of God. For he breaks down gates of bronze and he cuts through bars of iron. What? I don't know anybody in here that can do that. I don't know anybody in here that can bend bronze and iron and break down gates. Like, like this isn't like Marvel. We watch that on the movie screens. But God really can do that supernaturally in Jesus' name for those that have been bound up in darkness. You find yourself in a season where you're like, I don't even know what the heck is going on. I don't even know how I got here. It's dark. Call upon Jesus in your trouble, and he will save you from your distress. He is the light. He's the greatest thing. This is the great, one of the greatest things that God does is bring light in the midst of darkness. He really does. He illuminates what is dark. Now, if you ever walked into a dark room before, but it's hard to find your way around the dark room, you got to start feeling things. You're bumping into things. You're tripping over things. It's a metaphor of your life. Sometimes right now, you find yourself tripping over things, stumbling, falling down to the floor because you're in a dark place. You're in a dark season. Those have been bound up by darkness. 
The Lord wants to redeem you and give you reason to celebrate once again. Have you ever seen light? If you've ever seen light, you ought to be a worshiper of the living God. You ought to celebrate what God has done. You ought to celebrate what he's doing in and through you every single day. Who is the redeemed that we should celebrate? The third thing is this. Those that have experienced depression. It's a word for somebody in here. Dealing with depression. Not knowing why you're feeling the way you're feeling. And maybe this has been going on for a long time. Maybe this has been going on just for a small season. Maybe it comes and goes. And you find yourself like going into this deep, dark depression. Verse 17 goes on to say, Some became fools through their rebellious ways and suffered affliction because of their iniquities. They loathed all the food and drew near to the gates of death. And they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And he saved them from their distress. Do you see a pattern here? He cried out, they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and they saved them from their distress. He sent forth his word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. Like what? Sometimes depression takes you to such a dark place, you feel like you're dying. You feel like you're in a tomb. You feel like you're in a prison. Let me tell you something. That's not God's best for your life. For you to stay there and camp out there is not God's best for your life. It's okay that you're there. He understands, but he doesn't want to keep you there. He wants to redeem you from the power of hell, destruction, depression, anxiety, fear, and the grave. He sent forth his word. His what? His word. And the word is what healed him. He rescued them from the grave. Let them give thanks. Let them celebrate the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for men and women of God. Let them sacrifice and, th- and give a thanks offering and tell all the people of his works with songs of joy. It's the reason why we sing, because we've been redeemed. Right? Some of us have been redeemed from hell, death, destruction. Some of us have been redeemed from depression. Some of us have been redeemed from demonic activity. Some of us have been redeemed and restored and rejuvenated and revived in his name. Amen? Come on, somebody. So who is the redeemed that celebrate? Those that have been in distress. Distress. You find yourself in a stressful season. You find yourself stressing out about things. Verse 23 through 32, others went out on the the sea in ships, and they were merchants on the mighty waters. They saw the work of the Lord, his wonderful deeds in the deep. For he spoke and he stirred up a tempest that lifted high the waves. He stirred up the air and wind started to blow and the waves started to crash. Then they mounted up to the heavens and went down to the depths. In their peril, their courage melted away. They reeled and staggered like drunken men. They were all at wit's end. You ever been there before? Just at your wit's end? You've been so stressed out. You've been going through some stuff at work. You've been going through some stuff at home. And you find yourself at your wit's end. Like, I can't take nothing more. I can't take one. If one more thing happens to me. I know we've all been there before. And we'll probably be there again. But what do you do when you're in the midst of this stressful season? When you, what do you do when you're in the midst of, like, you don't know what to do? 
Like I'm done. One more thing happened. I just feel like running away. You ever feel like that? I just want to run away. I just want to get away. I need to get out of here. I don't care what happens. They were at their wit's end. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And he brought them out of their distress. Check this out. He stilled the storm to a whisper. Let me tell you something. There are spiritual storms. There are storms in this life that are crashing against your mind, against your heart, against your family, and it's causing so much stress, so much anxiety, so much fear. You feel like everything is going to crumble and everything is going to be destroyed, and you might even feel like you're going to die. There are probably people in this room that feel that way. And if not, you might have felt that way before. What do I do? Do what they did. They cried out to the Lord in their distress. He brought them out. He stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the seas were hushed. They were glad when it all calmed down. And he guided them to their desired haven. Let them give thanks and celebrate what the Lord has done for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for all men and women of God. Let them exalt him in the assembly of the people and praise him in the council of the elders. God will guide you to your desired place. But you cannot get there when you're in the midst of the storm of life. You can't get there when you're afraid. You can't get there when you want to quit. You can't get there when all things feel like they, you know, busting loose in your life. You have to stand still and call upon the name of the Lord in the midst of your trouble, and he will bring you out of your distress. Who is the redeemed that we should celebrate? The last point is this. Those who he blesses. Those who he blesses. This is, this, is, this is the easiest part to celebrate. It's hard to celebrate him when we're in the midst of darkness. It's hard to celebrate him when we're, we feel like we're in prison. It's hard to celebrate him when we're stressed out. It's hard to celebrate him when we're in the valley. But he goes on to say this. Who are though the redeemed that we should celebrate? In Psalm 107, 35, it says, he turned the desert place in the pools of water. What? That's what I want. I like pools. Especially when you're in a dry, hot, weary season. Ain't nothing like when you're all hot and you're all sweaty, jumping in a nice, cool pool. I'm from Miami, Florida. I, I grew up. I don't even remember when I learned how to swim. I just was born swimming. And it was pools everywhere, beaches everywhere. We used to be on bikes, BMX bikes. Y'all remember BMX bikes? They don't even make those no more. Mongoose. Yeah, Mike know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I used to have the, I used to have the pegs on the front and the back. We used to put three people on a mongoose bike. Yeah, I would be, I would be riding the bike, somebody be standing on the back pegs, and somebody be on the handlebars. Come on, man. I got some Gen Xers in here. Millennials don't know nothing about that. 
three people on a bike. We used to go all over Miami, Florida on bikes and skateboards. And I just had to make sure that when the, when the street lights turned on, I had to be back at the crib. But it wasn't nothing like when you're out with your friends all day long, skateboarding, riding bikes. I used to go over my friend, Danny Dominguez was in there. He was all the way at the end of the street. I would go over his house because he was my friend. I grew up with him, but, but his parents had a pool. Yeah. And so we used to ride over to his house. We would be dripping sweat. And I'd be like, can we just jump in the pool? And literally, every, almost every day, we just jump in the pool. Yeah, and it was just fun with your family and your friends. You know what I mean? Like instantly, it was instant gratification because I was no longer hot and sweaty. I was refreshed. I was being revived by something physical, which is water. And the Lord says this, that he turned the desert, dry, weary places into pools of water spiritually and the parched ground in the flowing springs there he brought the hungry to live and they found a city where they can settle something about settling what it really means is like they found a family they found a place where they can grow roots because they had been going from one place to the next place to the next place. They found their tribe. They found the people that they could rock with. They found the people that they could do life with. You don't have to just keep jumping from one place to another. The only reason we jump from one place to another because we find ourselves in a dry place. We find ourselves confused. We find ourselves in a dark place. So we run to the next thinking that the next place is going to be better. Like the grass is going to be greener over there. No, listen, the grass is only greener where you water it. And you put fertilizer on it. You know what fertilizer is made of? Mm. Some people, some people, we run because, you know what I mean? Like it smells a little bit from the fertilizer. But what we don't realize is that's what causes the, the, the roots to grow deeper. It, it, it's feeding the roots. It's feeding the tree. It's feeding the grass. And the Lord sends the rain. And we don't like the rain, so we run and we hide from the rain. But listen, all of these things have purpose because God is turning our desert places into pools of water, our parched ground into flowing springs. Then he brought the hungry to live, to have life, and life more abundantly. And they founded a city where they can settle and grow roots. They found their tribe. They found their family. They sowed fields and planted vineyards that yielded a fruitful harvest. Not just a harvest, but a very fruitful harvest. He blessed them. And their numbers greatly increased. And he did not let their herds diminish. What? I don't know about you, but this is what I want. I want to jump into the spiritual pool. Because I found myself in a dry, weary land. I want to be brought 
to live not just an ordinary life, but an extraordinary kingdom-filled life in the name of Jesus. I want to be with my tribe. I want to be with my family. I want to sow, and I want to, I want to yield fruit. I want to multiply kingdom fruit. I want him to bless me, and I want my numbers to greatly increase. And I don't want anything to diminish. I want it to multiply. It's the reason why I can celebrate every day, even when things are hard. Even when I, as a pastor, find myself in dark places. Even when I, as a pastor, find myself you know, feeling like something's going on. I don't know. I can't, put my, I can't put my finger on it, but I know something's going on. I have to praise him. I have to celebrate him. It's I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what's going on today. Maybe you feel like you can't celebrate. Because the enemy has you chained up. Maybe you feel like you can't celebrate because you're in a dark place. Maybe you feel like you can't celebrate because you're stressed out. You're experiencing real depression. I know a redeemer. You hear me? One who tears down bronze gates and handcuffs and chains and one who opens prison doors and one who will cause stress and waves and anxieties to cease. One who can heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cause blind eyes to see, see deaf ears open in the name of Jesus. Like really? Now I want to celebrate today. I want to celebrate your life. And I want to celebrate the possibilities, listen to this, the possibilities of what God can do in you and through you. And I want to celebrate what God has done, but I also want to celebrate what he's about to do. And that's called faith. The substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. You might be able to see it, but I can see it. That's called vision. I see you rising up to your fullest potential of what you were born to do. Just like we dedicated the two young girls this morning, there's more to your life. There's more. And it's bigger than just what we add to our kingdoms. It's about advancing the kingdom of God in every aspect of life. And I'm telling you, the enemy, listen to this. I'm not trying to over give him more power than what he deserves. But the enemy is trying to take some of us out. And we're feeling in our lives. Just be honest and real. We're feeling it in our lives. Because he knows if we could take us out, he could take all this out. But I thank God for what Demetrius said. But Demetrius was quoting the word that the gates of hell, listen to this, the gates of hell will not prevail against you. That doesn't mean that it's not trying to prevail. It is. The gates of hell are coming against you. Because he's trying to divert God's purpose for your life. Yeah. It's about the one. If he could divert God's purpose in your life, confuse you, keep you in a dark place, keep you stressed out, he knows that God's purpose will be hindered. And therefore, we, we're not going to walk in the fullness of what God wants us to walk in today. And so I want to celebrate the goodness of God. 
the mercy of God, the grace of God, but also the deliverance of God. You hear me? That there'll be another three years, times three years, times three years, times 30 years. Like this thing ain't about me, it's about us. It's about this family. It's about what God is doing in the city of Atlanta and way beyond it. And I'm not going to let the enemy push me around. And I'm not going to let the enemy push you around. You hear me? Like I will die for this. I go to war for this. And I'm not afraid. So I want to invite you into something that I've never invited you into before. I want to invite you into kind of a recruitment. Think military for a second. Because the reality is we're going to war against the enemy. Not against flesh and blood, but principalities, rulers of darkness, wickedness in high places. And so we as children of God have to insert ourselves into the world to be light bearers, to be ambassadors, to be ministers of the gospel of reconciliation, revival, and grace. And so the enemy is trying to hold you back from that. I think of a tank. I think of a battleship. I think of a fighting jet. And when I look at you guys, I see ministers of the gospel. But somewhere along the lines, maybe some of us, our line has been blurred, or maybe we find ourselves in this dark place. But I believe there's redemption through the blood of Jesus today, all right? So we're going to pray. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer. Actually, you know what? I'm going to ask you to do something. If that's you, you find yourself in a dark place, you find yourself stressed out, you find yourself in depression, you find yourself wherever it is, but you know it's not God. I'm going to ask that you stand to your feet. Be bold enough. Come on. This is a church full of love and grace. If you can't be real here, where can you be real? You find yourself in a place that you know it's just a place of confusion. You're hungry. You're thirsty. You know you're not walking in the fullness of what God wants. I want you to stand to your feet. We're going to pray for you. You find yourself stressed out. You find yourself having anxiety. Your mind is racing 100 miles a minute. You can't sleep at night. I want you to stand up. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so right now. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So if you've been redeemed by the power of this world, I want you to stand to your feet. I want you to lay your hands on somebody's shoulder that's right next to you. Stand to your feet. Just lay your hand on somebody's shoulder. We're going to pray one for another. And when you pray, I want you to pray out loud. There's some of our team is going to walk around the room and pray for other people. You got to recognize the lies. You got to recognize what the enemy's trying to do. And we got to come against it as a body of Christ. And we're going to come against it right now. We're going to come against the gates of hell that are trying to prevail. Come on, let's pray. On the count of three, I want you, everybody in this whole place to pray. And I'll close it out. One, two, three. Come on, out loud. Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Come on, pray out loud so they can hear you. 
I want a prayer like you're going to war right now. Come on, like you're going to war. Come on, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Come on, it's what you say, it's what you speak that brings life or death. Therefore, speak life. Mm. Lord, I pray for those that are lost right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, y'all keep praying. I pray for those that have gone wayward, that have gone astray. I thank you that you're a good father in heaven and that you call your children home. That you put a robe on them, you put a ring on them, and you celebrate. For he was once lost, but now he's found. So I thank you, God, for the spirit of redemption. I pray for reconciliation right now over hearts and minds. I pray, Father, that you heal somebody's heart in this place. You heal somebody's mind, Lord God. I speak against fear, anxiety, depression. In the name of Jesus, we rebuke that and we release life and life more abundantly. I release supernatural peace in this place, in this house, God. Just like you spoke to the storm and you, you, you calmed it to a whisper. I pray that fear calms to a whisper in the name of Jesus. Jehovah Rapha, you are the Lord, our healer. Lord, I come against sickness in a physical form, but also in a mental form. I come against emotional sickness. Speak healing, God, over each and every person that's in this room. Mm. Mental sickness be gone in the name of Jesus. Mm. For your body is a temple. I just hear the Lord saying, remind them that their body is a temple. Sir, your body is a temple. Ma'am, your body is a temple. And where the Spirit of God dwells, there's freedom. So I thank you from, every, from freedom, from every sickness. I just, as, as I'm praying right now, I, I just keep seeing like a wedge. It looks like a door stopper that you put under a door, a wedge. And what, what wedges are designed to do is pull people apart. Is to get in between something, to separate something. And that wedge is designed by hell. And you're letting it fulfill its purpose in your life. There's weapons of this world that are being formed against you and you're allowing them to prosper. 
The scripture says, don't give the enemy a foothold. He doesn't want your foot. He wants your whole life. And it's not just your life, it's generational lives. I want you to start thinking generationally right now. Your sons and your daughters and your grandchildren and great, 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 great grandchildren. Don't give the devil a foothold. So Father God, we just thank you, Father. And we remove the divisiveness. We remove the lies. We rebuke all confusion. Lord, I take out that divider. And I thank you for the ministry of reconciliation, putting back together what is broken. The greatest reconciliation of all is when we crowd to Jesus and we ask him to forgive us of our sins, of our iniquities. And he's faithful and he's just to forgive us of all sin. And he reconciles us back with the Father. So let's make that our prayer right now. Jesus, forgive us of our sins. Come on, all over this house, forgive me, Lord God. I fall short every day. I need you, King Jesus. Put my trust in you, Lord. I'm calling out to you in my distress, knowing that you're a rescuer that you'll rescue me from all of my evils. Lord, I speak life right now over every person that feels like giving up. I pray faith arises up from the inside, Lord Jesus. Cause us to dream again, Lord God. Not just of what we can do. Let us not lean unto our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge you and you will direct our path. So I thank you for clear direction. I thank you that you will Bring the right people around us, Father, to accomplish your work and your will. And whoever doesn't need to be around us, God, I pray you remove those people. Remove those voices. Remove those lies. Remove those weapons that are being formed against us. I rebuke all those things in the name of Jesus. Cause us to celebrate all you're doing in your perfect will for our lives. We love you. We thank you. We celebrate you right now, King Jesus. We believe in our hearts that you died and you rose from the dead for us so that we could be free, redeemed, and we celebrate life and a life more abundantly. It's in your mighty name we pray. We all said amen. Let's celebrate God today. Come on, hallelujah. Hallelujah.